0: Hey, welcome in, everybody, to the Back Row Philadelphia Eagles podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. If you do not know who I am, well, then, welcome. It's very nice to have you listening to me for the first time. For those of you who do know who I am, um, I'm the host of the Dynasty Rewind. That is a fantasy football podcast that is Dynasty-based. So if you're interested in something like that, you can gladly check us out at Dynasty Rewind. You can also find me on Twitter at TheMBauer85. But the more important thing is... What are we doing here? So we're going to be talking about the Philadelphia Eagles that is my favorite team since I've been about six years old so almost 30 years I've been an Eagles fan. Hurts to admit that I'm going to be 36 shortly. Um, That being said I also think of myself as the world's most reasonable Eagles fan. Try to keep my homerism to a minimum. I understand that there are times where you just gotta let your fandom hang out. But you also need to be logical. We seem to have a hard time doing that as Eagles fans, and if you're listening to this, you're probably nodding your head right now, or you could be turning the podcast off because you just can't face the facts that your team is not the best team in the country. Well, we were after the 2017 season, but we're going to touch on that later. So how did I become an Eagles fan? Real easy. I live in Northampton, Pennsylvania, about 90 minutes north of the stadiums. My dad was an Eagles fan growing up. He watched it when I was a kid it was just natural selection, I guess you could say. Um, so I've been an Eagles fan my whole life. You know, a lot of people talk about their teams and the crap that they've sat through. We've seen some bad stuff too. You remember games being blacked out when Ray Rhodes was the coach. I remember Darnell Autry starting games and having to listen to it on the radio because you couldn't watch anywhere. Um, It's just weird. Most of the best memories I have with my father watching Eagles games um, at my grandmother's house, him screaming for them to put two seconds back on the clock against the Giants because there was a foul, Um, our cable going out. So we had this really tiny, probably 8-inch screen camping TV with an antenna that we're watching the Monday night game on. Can't even remember the game. We ended up driving around and listening to it on the radio. Just kind of one of those weird things. But, you know, being an Eagles fan – has a tendency to bring out the best and worst in you at times so maybe we want hey you know what just screw it you do you I don't care just don't be that guy in a Brian Dawkins jersey at FedEx field punching people and throwing cups of water on them when it's hot and late in the game look we're winning you don't need to be that guy and don't look back at me because I don't know you okay I didn't come in with you so you, you can go ahead and just look at your buddies. I don't care. I'm not going to help you out. And don't punch that F-150 in the parking lot. You are not going to win. So a couple quick things I want to get into here. Looks like Jason Peters is going to be leaving. A lot of respect for Jason Peters. He came into the league as an undrafted tight end with Buffalo. He's been great. I mean, he's the epitome of one of the most prolific left tight or left tackles, forgive me, in all the NFL. But it's time. I know he still has the the fire. Phillip Rivers still has the fire, but that doesn't mean that the fire has you. That's just, at some point, every organization needs to move on from their pillars. The Eagles have to do it with Jason Peters. At some point, the Patriots are going to have to do it with Tom, Tom Brady. That is an awful accent. I'm sorry. We need to do it now. Andre Dillard is more than capable. Is he Jason Peters? No, he should not expect to be Jason Peters. Just like if you're a Denver Broncos fan, don't expect Drew Locke to be John Elway. Two completely different people. Dillard's going to be fine. He is a prototypical left tackle. Okay? He doesn't play well on the right side. They tried it once when Lane Johnson was concussed last year, and it didn't work out. But you know what? I get it. He even said, try writing with your left hand and going to your right arm. Something like that. So, should he have been able to adjust better? Maybe. But he didn't. He was a rookie. Rookie linemen aren't always the best. That's just how it is. Calm down. They're going to be fine. Um, So something I'm also not too thrilled about, Marty Morningwig has been brought back in as an offensive assistant. You know, I'm sure you guys all called him Marty Morningwood like I used to. Thrilled? No. I guess I kind of get it. I mean, guys like Pat Shermer have been kicked around the NFL for a while. You know, it seems like they recycle these old heads. Chan Gailey – it, it, I, I get it. North Turner, does he still have a job? He shouldn't. Like, go away, North Turner. I'm surprised Mike Shanahan's not doing anything. Um, Gary Kubiak still has a coaching position. So, I know he was recently with the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe they're trying to incorporate some sort of that aspect into our game here, which would be interesting. I mean, Carson Wentz is mobile enough that they can get it done. I don't think he's overly mobile. He's just extremely athletic. As far as Eagles versus Ravens. I'm going to take Carson Wentz as a passer any day over Lamar Jackson. As an overall athlete, Lamar Jackson takes the cake. And that's no offense towards Carson Wentz. We're going to talk about Carson Wentz a lot today, by the way. Uh, But, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's just – he's on a completely different level. Um, So as far as, you know, just looking back at the 2019 season, they did go 9-7. They did win the division. The time to strike is now. The Cowboys – aren't really getting much better. They seem to be in a holding pattern. I like the Mike McCarthy hire. I want them to recycle that old, old guard type guy. He said he took a year off and learned some analytics. I'll believe it when I see it. You want to talk about a team that wasted talent? Those Packers teams with Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever put on a Packers helmet. Wasted talent. Good line, good defense, good running game, good receivers. I don't know what he was doing. Did he get just lazy? I don't know, but Aaron Rodgers to me also looks like a guy that doesn't have the fire anymore. He looks lazy. Just, oh yeah, whatever, I'll just throw it here. But I like the Mike McCarthy hire from an Eagles fan standpoint. I would have preferred if Jason Garrett would have been the head coach there for another, I don't know, 10 to 15 years would have really been ideal. That being said, they still technically do not have a quarterback. I would imagine that they're going to re-sign rain, but I don't know if they do. If they don't, who do they bring in? I mean, him and Tom Brady are guys that could kind of rewrite the free agency market. Um, Free agency does start the 18th, so we have some time. It's the 8th right now, and I'm recording this. Got 10 days. I'm really interested to see how this shakes out. You know, the first tier of free agency is going to be really exciting this year. They have a great offensive line in Dallas. They're obviously our biggest threat in the division right now. They have a very... Above average defense as well. Probably the best linebacker tandem in the league with uh, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh. So they're a real competition, but you got to kick them while they're down. It's just that easy. You have to. So we need to get better. Let, let's talk about real quick what we need. Kind of everything. I mean, they need a quarterback as far as quarterback depth. Josh McCown, it looks like he's going to be incorporated in the offense just more as an assistant. Um, give the guy credit for what he did in the playoffs last year, playing with a torn hamstring. That's pretty crazy. You know, the guys, good for you. I I would never do it. I'm crying just thinking about it. So they definitely need that. They're going to need running back help too. Miles Sanders looked great. I'm also a Penn State fan. So seeing a Penn State running back who I loved getting drafted by the NFL team that I love was great. Much better than, I'm sure you remember when the Eagles drafted Tony Hunt back in the day. That was a disaster. But Tony Hunt's a plotter. He's a guy that needs the ball 20 to 35 times a game. That did not fit in with what Andy Reid liked to do. At least Doug Peterson shows a commitment to running the football, game in and game out. There seems to be times, of course, where he gets away away from it. I think any coach can be guilty of that, too. So they need running back help. Miles Sanders and Boston Scott is not going to get it done throughout the course of a season, although Boston Scott looked great. Like I said, just can't get it done. Now, they do have Elijah Holyfield on the practice squad, I believe. Perhaps he was elevated to the active roster. I'm assuming at this point Jordan Howard is going to go, which would be interesting. Let's say if Derrick Henry does not resign in Tennessee, not saying he's coming to Philadelphia, they will not spend that much money on a running back. If he goes elsewhere and you know, chases the money, Jordan Howard would be a great fit in Tennessee. I mean, he's a bruising back between the tackles, doesn't really do much in the passing game. Isn't that kind of exactly what Derrick Henry is? He's just a shorter version of it. So they do have Elijah Holyfield on the roster. If you've never seen tape of Elijah Holyfield from Georgia, definitely check it out. I mean, it is worth a watch. He's he's a very powerful runner. Does not do much in the receiving game at all. Just like the aforementioned Jordan Howard and Derrick Henry. But he's a guy that at the end of the game can definitely wear down a defense. You know, Miles Sanders, he is a guy that's going to juke you out of your shoes. His his pass blocking has gotten better over this past year. I thought that he played pretty powerful, too. He's not the biggest guy, but um, they're going to need some more depth there. Darren Sproles is retiring, and, you know, another guy that, look, Darren, I love you. I love you. But when you tear your ACL and break your arm on the same play, that's, I guess, the universe's way of saying, dude, it's over. It's time. So thanks for everything you did. Jason Peters, thanks for everything you did. So moving on, obviously, uh, I think we could say that they're probably going to need some help at the wide receiver position. And I'm going to say this right now. One guy I want them to keep around is Greg Ward. Greg Ward does something that Eagles receivers could not do last year. He caught the football. Okay? Was he flashy? No. Did he have big plays? No. But he was solid. Solid is what you need to win football games, isn't it? You need 10 yards, he got 11. You need eight yards, he got eight and a half. You need a crucial catch. That's what Greg Ward did. Greg Ward doesn't have to be a starting wide receiver on your team. Greg Ward would probably be happy just being on your team, period, not being on the practice squad. But I think he showed. Last season, he deserves, he belongs on an NFL roster. He's not a practice squad guy. He's not an XFL guy, which, by the way, how about that XFL? He's an NFL wide receiver. He deserves it. Not bad for transitioning from quarterback in Houston. I believe I don't have that right in front of me. So are the two guys, um, Alshon Jeffrey. Apparently, he's becoming a cancer in the locker room. Apparently, he is saying bad things about Carson Wentz because the chemistry was never there, blah, blah, blah. Dude, you won a Super Bowl with this team. Why are you being like this? You like Nick Foles more? Ask to be released. Go play wherever he plays next. He's probably getting released by Jacksonville. Dude can't stay healthy. It's that easy. So, Alshon, again, appreciate everything you did, but um, would love to show you the door. Now, Deshaun Jackson got hurt last year. I believe he is under contract for this season. Still apparently had the same speed that he had the first time he was in Philadelphia. I mean, he's a little bit younger than me, but significantly faster than me. I like to go for runs in the morning, or like a casual run. Not anything crazy, trying to lose some weight. So there is a point in my run where I get to the high school parking lot. I go up the hill by the middle school and I get to the high school parking lot. I kind of stretch for a second. Then I get down in somewhat of a runner stance and I run as fast as I can across the parking lot. I'm absolutely winded by the time I get done. But that's what drinking too much said can do to you, too. That being said, I don't know how he has that speed play in and play out. Some people are just naturally gifted with it. I hope Deshaun Jackson comes back, which leads me to Robbie Anderson. A lot of people are saying, Robbie Anderson, blah, 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 this and that. Do you really want a guy on your team who's been coached by Adam Gaze? One of the worst head coaches in the NFL. If not, the worst head coach in the NFL. Well, not according to Mike Lombardi. I believe he said Doug Peterson... Um, was one of the worst coaching hires of all time. Did he ever eat crow on that? Because he really, really should have. Mike Lombardi, you are not welcome on this podcast, by the way. Oh, unless you want to come on and have me tell you how wrong and stupid you are, I could gladly do that. But Robbie Anderson is not a guy that I would really want to target. What about a guy like Taylor Gabriel? He's nothing flashy again, but he's a guy that he plays pretty well. You know, you can get him cheap. Uh, Muhammad Sanu. Should be a free agent soon. Uh, another guy, a veteran, that could definitely help some of these younger guys. Because when you have a guy like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I'm not saying Arcega. I'm saying Arcega. Arcega sounds stupid to me. My voice is dumb enough as it is. So you have a guy like J.J. J. Arcega-Whiteside or J. Jaws. he's referred to in the fantasy community. He really didn't do much. And he had a lot of opportunity, too, with some of the receivers that got hurt last year. That being said, he did have some injuries of his own. He was a rookie. This system isn't the kindest to rookies. At times, little complex, so I don't. I'm not losing hope with J.J. Though I can tell you that there were some plays last year that frustrated me. The Lions game, Wentz put the ball in a perfect spot. All J.J. had to do was grab it. Now there was a defender there. I understand that, but J.J. had a shot to get it and he just couldn't do it. Now later on in the year. There was a play that I do recall where Wentz put it where either j going to get it or nobody's going to get it. Or Sega Whiteside went back and grabbed it and hauled it in. So the talent is there. I think he needed that year, kind of the quote-unquote proverbial redshirt year, to just take things in. Stanford to Philadelphia, huge transition. That being said, one guy we don't have to worry about is Matt Collins. He's gone. They, they even cut him last year which was kind of a shocker to me considering how hurt they were at wide receiver. at the end of the year we have guys catching passes that didn't even have um, they, they didn't even have their picture on the team website. I don't even remember some of these guys to be honest with you so I'm not going to try to go back and look for it. Um, I don't know I don't know Matt Collins frustrating. He was so good as a rookie and then he was just hurt and now he's gone but you know great good for you. Bye. So it's interesting to see what they do. I'd love to see them go out in the first round and grab a guy like T Higgins. I think Henry Ruggs would be redundant. A lot of people, again, in the fantasy community, sorry to go back to this, but I love fantasy football. A lot of people are mocking um, Henry Ruggs to the Eagles. He's just a less productive Deshaun Jackson. Let's put it that way. His market share at Alabama wasn't great. It is Alabama. Nick Satan likes to spread the ball around down there. I get it. Josh Jacobs didn't have a huge market share at Alabama either. He's a stud running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to say Oakland. So just so you know, if I say things like San Diego Chargers, St. Louis Rams, or Oakland Raiders, it's because that's where those teams belong. Feel free to add me on Twitter. I don't care. I might even call the Cardinals the Chicago Cardinals. I believe that's where they originated from. Um... <clears throat> yeah, so Henry Ruggs, you want a guy like Henry Ruggs, you could take Penn State's K.J. Hamler in later rounds. He's not as renowned or, or well-known as Henry Ruggs, and you could take something else in that spot instead. Um, tight end, I think they're good at. We could say that, right? Yeah, for now. But they're going to need some O-line depth with Peters leaving. Yeah, I think resigning Big V should be a priority. He's pretty important. He's been here his entire career. Fifth-round draft pick out of TCU. Feel free to check. Fact check me on that. I didn't write it down, but I believe that's what it was. He could play left tackle. He could play right tackle. He could probably play inside, too. A little too big to play center, which, you know, that kind of struck me as odd that they let Wisniewski go. He was a great interior lineman backup, but he could play everything. And if Dillard isn't working out, you know that Big V can come in and play at a high level. At that point, though, if Dillard doesn't work out, you almost have to ask yourself, are we going to move Lane Johnson – over to left tackle. I mean, the guy's on lead tackle. He could probably he could probably play it. And are we going to have to think about what to do with Dillard? They also have Jordan Mailata on the, I guess, taxi squad, practice squad, whatever they call it. I don't know if he's ever going to be anything, really, more than a project, more than a practice squad depth guy. Six foot eight, big dude, heavy, strong. But he was a rugby player. Sometimes these guys don't transition, although the kickers don't seem to have too much of a problem, mostly the punters. But we'll see. I mean, you didn't really pay much for him. I think he was even undrafted, or he was like a seventh-round draft pick, something like that. So the investment's minimal, and it's definitely worth a shot. Even if you have a guy that plays one game for you and keeps your quarterback clean for that amount of time, it was worth it. I mean, we can't say the same thing about Winston Justice. Yes, Winston Justice. I went there. Please don't hate me. We're also going to need some linebacker help. I would love, love, love to see them go get Joe Schobert. For whatever reason, the Browns don't appear to want to bring him back. You know what? The Browns also have never had a winning record in a decade. Sorry, Browns fans, but that's just the truth. I mean, too much swagger too soon after going, what, 7-8-1 and one or something like that? Come on, you know, let's get real. Baker, I think you're going to be a great quarterback. They got OBJ. Thank you for getting him out of the division. Nick Chubb, they got Jarvis Landry, one of the most consistent wide receivers on the planet, although I do believe he had off-season hip surgery, so he could start season on the pup possibly, but you're know, too much swagger too soon. You still have to play defense, but if Joe Schobert isn't going to be a Brown, would love to see him in an Eagles uniform, especially because they, they released Nigel Bradham. I know it was kind of a cap-saving deal. Maybe they bring him back cheaper, but best of luck to Nigel either way. That being said, there's a guy that you could look out for. TJ Walker was an undrafted free agent last year out of Wisconsin. He's playing in the Big Ten. He's playing good competition. I think he can handle it. He started to come on later in the season last year. You could look it up. Jim Schwartz raved about him, and also – Go easy on Jim Schwartz, okay? He maligned would probably be a good word to describe Jim Schwartz. The wide nine sucks. I get it. But our ends are usually pretty productive. He hasn't been given a lot to work with lately, especially in the middle and later part of the season. But if you notice, we have guys get hurt, and every team does. Yet every year come the end of the season and playoff time, He's got these scrubs that they just took off the street, and they're playing like all pros. Can't say the same about Sidney Jones. Curious to see what they're going to do with him. But guys like Crevion Blanc, Avante Maddox, I mean, they're going out there and just balling out. By the way, you know what kind of strikes me as They they Let's go last year. The one guy that would actually lay down a hit an LJ Foot or Fort, whatever it is, who the Ravens picked up. Why did they get rid of that guy? I don't understand that at all. The Ravens picked him up because, you know, the, the rich get richer down there, essentially. And they signed him to an ex- a contract extension because he's freaking good. I mean, right now it's looking like your starting linebackers next year. Camus Grugier-Hill, hopefully I said that right. Um, Nate Gary, who I like a lot, and TJ Walker. While these guys are productive for IDP fantasy, I don't know if I feel comfortable playing a 16-game slate with these guys as my starting linebackers. The only confidence that that inspires is maybe like Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. I mean, we've got a lot of great running back talent in this division. You have to play against Saquon twice a year. You have to play against Elliott twice a year. Can't say the same for Darius Geis because the only thing that he plays against is the injured reserve. But Adrian Peterson, even at his advanced age for football, has been extremely productive with the Washington Redskins. So I don't know. They need to do something. What I'd love to see them do in the draft is this. First round, T. Higgins I love out of Clemson. He's a big guy, 6'4", 215-ish, somewhere around there. Um, I'm thinking that a guy like Jalen Rager is probably going to be off the board at that point. Uh, From TCU, he's one of the better wide receivers in the class. Um, But T. Higgins is a big guy. He's what a guy like Carson Wentz needs, who's also a big guy. And he can get the ball down the field he can really push it down there. So T. Higgins would be great. Second round, I'd love to see them go linebacker. I haven't done much IDP research on this draft class yet. Uh, I believe it's as loaded as the offense is, but like I said, I haven't got a chance yet. In third round, I'd love to see them take another wide receiver. I think a guy like Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State would probably be gone, but a guy like Michael Pittman Jr., whose father is Michael Pittman Sr. I know that was hard for you to see coming. played with the Arizona Cardinals way back in the day. Back when, why were the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC East, and why are the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East? They're not Eastern teams, but it's great to hate the Cowboys twice a year. I digress. Michael Pittman Jr., another big guy. He's probably a little more physical than T. Higgins is, though. Um, There's also Tyler Johnson. There's Brian Edwards from South Carolina. There is definitely... So when you think of draft capital, okay, if you remember Shelton Gibson was like a six-round draft pick, he never really panned out. Matt Collins was a later pick. Um, This class is loaded. There's going to be guys you're getting in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round that could probably end up being extremely productive wide receivers in the NFL. Now, production in the NFL is obviously different than in fantasy football. In fantasy football, it's numbers, numbers, numbers. It's all Wolf on Wall Street type action, but in the NFL – you know, hey, first downs, just touchdowns, they, they mean more to the team, essentially, than just your fantasy team. So, and that's measured in different ways. Does the coach like you? Are you running the right route? I know you're not always going to get targets. Do you play special teams? So these things are definitely going to be factors that our coaching staff and our scouts are going to take into consideration. I do have a lot of faith in Harry Roseman. More so as a cap guy than as a, uh, you know, a talent scout. Seeing Joe Douglas go to the Jets, I believe he went to, that hurt. But, you know, Roseman's made some really good draft picks over his his course of time as general manager. Um, Lane Johnson turned out pretty good. Zach Gertz turned out pretty good. All the finagling he did to go up and get Carson Wentz and then bring Nick Foles back, um, which solidified Super Bowl 52 championship. He's done a lot for this team, and he takes a lot of crap, too. And you know what? Rightfully so. He's made some bad mistakes. But name one GM that hasn't. I mean, uh, Pioli, who built some real powerhouses out in Kansas City. He doesn't have a job. So David Gettleman, genius. He's out of a job. Genius or just crazy? I guess that some people say it's the same thing, you know, crazy genius. So give Howie some slack. Give Doug some slack. I know we were probably all thinking the same thing when Doug Peterson got hired. Are you kidding me? Just another Andy Reid type guy? It's worked out pretty well. 75% of the time he's been in the playoffs, it's three out of the four years for you fellow Eagles fans that can't math good. I did use a calculator to do that because I'm not the sharpest bulb in the box. That being said, we have a Super Bowl to show for it, right? He, unlike his predecessor, shows the ability to adjust. I know Andy Reid won a Super Bowl, and I'm happy for him. What pissed me off was people saying, you have to cheer for Andy Reid because he was the Eagles head coach. No, I cheer for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Nobody else. Other than that, I don't care. I care if the Patriots win it because I don't want to see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl, and neither do you, most likely. Andy Reid did not have the ability to adjust, in my opinion, or he was just too stubborn. He seemed to think at times that he was the smartest guy on the field, Player, coach, referee, doesn't matter. Doug Peterson seems to be a guy that at halftime, you know, when that team's down, I feel like they're going to come back. They're going to get this. That's what this last season felt like to me, this 9 and season NFC East championship season. It ended before I wanted it to, against Seattle. Jadavian Cloudy, you're never going to listen to this. Dude, you're dirty. And that was terrible officiating. And for anybody that else that says Carson Wentz is soft, you're an idiot. Head trauma. I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. Let me smack you in the head with a baseball bat. Then you put a helmet on and you go play football. And if you don't, you're soft. It's that easy. I lost my train of thought. I was talking about Doug Peterson. So Doug Peterson seems to like to adjust. He does it really well. I would love to see them commit to a running back more. I understand that Deuce Daly the guy that does that, blah, blah, blah. But if he's your assistant coach, you could say to him, hey, I'd like to see you give Miles Sanders the ball more or do this or that. That's how it works because you're his boss. I have to do what my boss says at work, even though sometimes he's wrong. That's just how it goes. That's part of working somewhere. I'd love to see Miles Sanders get the ball. But that being said, Doug's adjusted well. Um, defensively, Jim Schwartz always seems to make good adjustments at halftime. So it's just interesting to see the dynamic and how different it is between Andy and um, and Doug Peterson. Um, you know, talking about the Andy Reid era as well, we all love Jim Johnson. He's a great defensive coordinator. But did you know that he never did one thing? He never had a shutout in his career as Eagles defensive coordinator. You can look it up. You know who did? Billy Davis. Chip Kelly's. Chip Kelly's defensive coordinator, that ran that gimmicky 4-3 under that was on the field for about 50 minutes a game. Had a shutout. I think it was against the Giants. I'm going to miss Eli Manning. I think Daniel Jones is going to be the real deal, man. I really do. He looks good. Um, Dwayne Haskins did not look as good as people thought he would. Maybe the Giants were onto something there, taking Danny Dimes, as he's referred to, with the sixth overall pick instead of Haskins it's interesting to see. So, you know, basically my whole point of this episode is I wanted to introduce myself. I wanted to just chat a little bit. So I'm not going to keep you much longer as this was just kind of an introductory thing, like I said. But before I head out, I want to settle a debate. There's something that my father and I talked about a lot. He wants the Eagles to bring back Nick Foles. As the starting quarterback, a lot of people do. Those people are wrong. Okay, I'm a Wentz truther. I'm a Carson Wentz truther. I love the guy. I think he's fantastic. He does things on the football field that Nick Foles just can't do. It's that easy. Nick Foles is not a mobile guy. His arm strength is not as good. He is not as accurate. I have the stats here to prove it. Let's just look at it, okay? You've heard people say Carson Wentz only played one full season in his career. I usually don't curse a lot. But they're fucking idiots. It's that easy. He played two full seasons out of four. That's 50%. No calculator needed. His rookie year and last year. Okay, I don't know if you remember this or not. Last year, he set the single season passing record for the Philadelphia Eagles. 4,039 yards. Also, how did McNabb never throw for 4,000 yards in a year? Being in that Andy Reid system where all they did was throw the ball. And that's another reason I'm not a big Andy Reid fan. You have a guy who's not a West Coast quarterback. And you try to make him into a West Coast quarterback. Usually it doesn't work. I also have a round hole i keep trying to put a square peg in it's not working i don't know what to tell you i don't know why um but in 18 he missed five games and in 17 when he would have been the nfl mvp fight me he missed three games so i mean his rookie year he threw 14 picks but since then every year it's been seven 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 he's played in 56 games now this is four years his win-loss record is 32 and 24 okay he has fourteen thousand one hundred ninety-one yards, ninety-seven touchdowns, and thirty-five interceptions. Now, Nick Foles, eight years, okay, eight seasons. He's twenty-six and twenty-two. That's six less wins and two less losses. In four more years, he's played in fifty-eight games. He started twenty. He has eleven thousand nine hundred one yards. 71 touchdowns and 35 interceptions. So it's same. He's an inch taller, too, and a little bit heavier. He's 6'6, 243, and 6'5-237 for Carson. Let's look at the completion percentage percentages. Sorry, I seem to forget how to talk there. Once is at 63.8, Foles is at 61.9. Nick Foles has never played a full season. His most games that he's played in a year is 13 in 2013 when he did the 27 and two. I'm sure you all remember that. Uh should have thrown for one more touchdown against the Raiders, though. You set that record. Come on, man. And his max yardage for a season is two thousand eight hundred and ninety-one. That's not that great. I, I mean Wentz's lowest was three thousand seventy four when he played eleven games last year in 2018. I mean, you cannot blame what happened in the playoffs on Carson Wentz. Did he hold on to the ball too long? Maybe. But if Lane Johnson plays that game, he probably doesn't get hurt. I would imagine. They probably could have won that game, too. Seattle didn't look all that great. Look, I can't hate on Nick Foles for what he did. He won the Super Bowl, which we deserved, finally. But you knew as well as I do that when he was hoisting that Lombardi Trophy up, as happy as you were, you're thinking to yourself, here comes the quarterback controversy. It's going to rear its ugly head. Then some idiot decides to put up a statue of Nick Foles while the actual franchise quarterback is still there and still hurt. Why? You do that 20 years down the road. Not now. I get it. You're excited. Everyone was excited. There was millions of people mobbing Philadelphia for parade. But you have to wait on things like that. You, you just do. It doesn't make any sense to do it now. The debate's over. Carson Wentz is a better quarterback. Does he get hurt? Yeah, he does. So does Nick Foles. He played in four games last year. Four. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Yes, four games. Do you know what his win-loss record was for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who gave him way too much money? He was 0-4. This is a guy who's in danger of losing his job to Gardner Minshew. Love me some Gardner Minshew, by the way. That guy is fantastic. He's got swag. But Gardner Minshew was a six-round draft pick. Gardner Minshew had bad footwork coming out of Washington State. Watched it. It was not good. Gardner Minshew can be fixed. That's for sure. He threw for a lot of yards in college at Washington State, too. So he could end up being the real deal. But that being said, Nick Foles is not the answer for this team. It's Carson Wentz. If Nick Foles was the answer, in 2016, after that debacle of a trade, you know what I'm talking about. When in 15 they sent Foles to St. Louis, which is where the Rams belong, for Sam Bradford. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, Sammy Sleeves. The biggest thief in NFL history. He played one year in St. Louis, and then he almost retired. He went back to Kansas City, or he went to Kansas City the following year. Howie Roseman had a chance there. The guy wasn't doing anything, but he didn't take it because he knew Nick Foles wasn't the answer. He did all that finagling. He got up to two. And he took Carson Wentz. There is no quarterback controversy, okay? If the Eagles wanted Nick Foles to be the starting quarterback, Nick Foles would be the starting quarterback. There was plenty of other teams that would have probably taken Carson Wentz on a rookie contract. If they would have traded him after the Super Bowl year, or even after 2018 when he had a fractured back, he was still on his rookie deal. Somebody would have taken him because that's when you have a guy cheap when they're on their rookie deal. But they extended him. Foles got paid. Now it looks like he's going to be playing somewhere else. And listen, I I wish him nothing but the best. He looks like a great guy. You know what? He is a great guy. I actually met him. I got his autograph. Massive hands, too. But I guess that goes along with his nickname of Big Dick Nick. Lots of massive things about Nick Foles. So he's a great guy. I did meet him. I have not gotten a chance to meet Carson once yet. And I do hope that that happens. Sure, he's a great guy, too. So I wish Nick all the best. All the success in the world. It's just not going to be a midnight green. It's not. I'm sorry. And while we're on the topic of colors, can we go back to the old colors, please? Why? Because they were freaking awesome. That's why. The Eagles uniform is cool. The logo is fine. We won the Super Bowl with these colors, and that's all well and fine. But there's something about that old school bird with the ball on its talons swooping on in. The Kelly green. That gray or silver, whatever it is, and the white, it just all meshed together so well. And do you remember how tacky these uniforms were when they first came out? Everyone was like, uh, and you had that E and the Eagles with the points on it, and then the S had the points. I mean, they made it better since then, but just go back to the Kelly Green. You know, I know it's a helmet issue or whatever, something with safety, why they didn't do the throwbacks, but why don't you wrap them? I mean, they wrap cars. In that vinyl stuff, there's no reason that the NFL or an individual team can't figure out how to do that. You could change face masks, too. You know what holds them on? Screws. Pretty sure that Jeff Lurie can afford a couple screwdrivers for his equipment guys. Also, Jeff Lurie, I would gladly be an equipment guy for the Philadelphia Eagles. My pay requests are not very high. It's a lot less than what Nick Foles would command. You know what? Any any job you want to give me in your organization, Jeff, I'll take it. That's fine. We'll work on salary, whatever. If you need someone to do an Officials equals podcast, I don't know if they do that. If they do, it's probably not as good as this because I've been told I'm a great podcast host. Podcast host. I think who else who ever told me that's full of shit? Pork Man. Don't kiss my ass. He's a great friend of mine, Porkman. He also gave me this Lane Johnson poster that's behind me. It is on the right, too, so it's on the correct side of me. It's protecting me. Um, I'll take any job that you guys want to give me. I'll even relocate my family. I want my wife to here. But, you know, we'll move down to Delco or something. We'll work it out. So, hey, listen, I had a lot of fun. I'm kind of joining on about 37 minutes in, which is a little longer than I want it to be for an introductory episode. But a couple things you're going to find out about me. I'm passionate about the Eagles. I'm knowledgeable, too. Okay? When you... <laughs> There's some other webs or other Eagles podcasts out there. They're talking about a guy and that. oh yeah, that was, a. Uh, oh yeah, he came, oh, uh, 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 I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Do, do yourself a favor. You're going to talk about a team? Know your shit before you get on a microphone, okay? Just do it. I don't care if you have to go back and look through drafts or whatever. Maybe you're not paying too much attention. Maybe you're drinking too much Bud Light on Patterson Avenue. I don't know. But I know my stuff. I love my birds almost as much as I love my family. I'm going to give you honesty. That's all I can do. Every week during the season, we're probably going to go behind enemy lines. I'm going to have somebody on so we can talk about the matchup and this and that. Um, There are going to be other analysts that do podcasts. Going to be some of my friends from the fantasy community. We're going to try to keep it mostly NFL based. You know, if you want a fantasy podcast, I do one. You could definitely check that out too. Please do. But, hey, until next week, you could follow this show at backrow underscore birds. And I want to thank Jeremy Barker for putting this channel together. Um, Barker's a great friend of mine. He's really helped me get started in podcasting and helped me, you know, pick out good equipment and good programs to use. He's just an all-around great dude, so check him out. Uh, Check out the Back Row Fantasy Show. Check out the Back Row Dolphins Show. That's what he does. I never thought that I would find a Dolphins podcast interesting. But Barker's a great host, I could tell you that. He also does a YouTube Obscure Mics channel. Um, He reviews obscure microphones. It's pretty self-explanatory. Check that out too because, you know, you think that you have to buy a Shure SM58 to have a good sound or a Shure SM7B. And listen, those sound great. I'm actually using a Shure SM48. Um, It's kind of the poor man's SM58 in case you're wondering. It is running through a Behringer UMC-22 into a laptop computer. So, you know, I do have a slightly soundproof room, so I hope it sounds great. I, all I hear is my talking in my headphones right now. Uh, but he can help you find stuff that's a little bit cheaper, and you can get good sound out of. He's also going to be extremely honest in his reviews, too, which I always appreciate. So uh, make sure you check him out in his Twitter, I believe. Don't know off the top of my head, is at Row. Check out the Back Row Fantasy Show. That is my favorite podcast of all time. Some people like Joe Rogan. I like the Back Row Fantasy Show. You can also check me out on Twitter, at dmbower 85 Any questions that you want to throw my way about this or that, I'm going to be completely honest with you. And if I do not know the answer, I'm going to find it out for you. Um, but, hey, listen, until next week, just remember, no one likes us and we don't care. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next week.